0: Amen, amen indeed. Amazing to declare those things together. What an amazing invitation. Let's pray together as we turn to God's Word this morning. Father God, as we sing about the waters of baptism, God, what an amazing symbol and gift you have given us. And God, I think back to my own baptism and just the experience that it was to submit my life in that way to stand before your people, your church, and to declare, Father God, my life is yours forever. I die to myself, and I am raised again to new life by the power of your Spirit and the blood of your Son. Father, we thank you, and so many of us here have those own memories of our own experience of walking through the waters of baptism, and God, we just thank you that you are so faithful. We thank you that you are good, and as we declare these things together, God, we are reminded of the life that you invite us into. Father, God, as we turn to your word now this morning, we pray that you would speak, that we would understand this life a little bit more deeply, God, that you would reveal yourself a little bit more clearly to us, that we can see and know and worship and follow. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, prepare yourselves. It's going to be a fun one. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 1, and we're going to read just kind of some pieces of this, but you're going to want to come back to this one uh, after church is done here, and you're not going to just sit there and read it the whole time. Well, I mean, you're reading God's Word. It's probably better than whatever I'm going to say anyways, but you're going to want to come back to this chapter. If if you're not super familiar with Ezekiel chapter 1, it is one of The most bonkers chapters in the whole Bible. It is exciting and weird and challenging and encouraging and bizarre and terrifying and all kinds of things, but we're going to see what God's going to be leading us into here this morning. Ezekiel chapter 1 says this, I'm going to be reading just some portions of it here, and so kind of we'll be skipping around a little bit, but uh, you can kind of follow along as we go. We'll have it on the screen for you as well if you need. It says this, in my 30th year, in the fourth month of the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, by the Kebar River in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was on him. He says, I looked, and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning, and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and the fire was what lo- in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a a calf, and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. And all four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead, they did not turn As they moved, verse 15, as I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They had sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As it moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went their rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes all around Verse 22 spread out above the heads of the living creatures was it looked like something like a vault sparkling like crystal and awesome Under the vault, their wings were stretched out toward one another. Each had two wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. What did he see? This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. This is what he saw. What God revealed to Ezekiel about himself. What does it mean to experience the presence of God? What does it look like? What are we looking for? How do we understand it? How could we describe it? And what would we do with it if we encountered the presence of God? How would it change us? Or has it? What is all of this supposed to be? This morning, we're continuing our journey on this road of sacred, seeking together what it means to try to bring the presence of Jesus into the lives of the people around us. An awareness of the presence of God that fills the world and our lives. His work and mission and desire to connect deeply with each person, to be a witness a signpost, a light in a world of darkness, helping people to see the truth all around them, that God is real. He's alive. He has created everything for His glory, and He's made us in His image. And He's inviting us to know Him, to find life in Him, and to share that light. It's a powerful calling. And it's exciting to think about, to dream about. How is God going to do that? What is He going to put in front of us, in front of you? What kind of opportunities or chances or relationships is He going to provide where you can live that out? Experience that. Are we looking? Are we paying attention? Do we hunger for these things, what does it mean to be a sacred pre- presence, a, a spiritual presence in the world? And we started with the fruit of the spirit, trying to put some meat on these bones, trying to understand what God is inviting us to understand here—the things that He's inviting us to be, what His spirit is building in us. And it was an amazing journey in the fall, exploring each one, seeing the beauty and the depth in each fruit that God describes to us. And then through the Advent season, we looked at Jesus Himself, who and what He is, these names and titles that He carries, the source of all of us and the reason that we are here. And now as we enter this new year, we're going to go further exploring this sacred presence looking at the power of the presence of god we wanted to start with some practical tools to dig in to help ground us on this journey that god is taking us on and then looking at the person of jesus his life and role in ministry and ministry authority authority but but here over these next Weeks leading us into the Easter season where we will see the power of the presence of God made real most deeply. We're going to be looking at the reality of the power of the presence of God as we explore and unpack the stories of the way that God has revealed himself through the ages. We want to taste and and see the goodness of the glory of God revealed in Scripture, the powerful and profound ways He has revealed Himself through time that we can be challenged and inspired, that we can be encouraged and sharpened to be able to better see and understand how God's powerful presence is at work in and through and all around us right here, right now, today. Today. Last year, we spent some time exploring the faithfulness and consistency of God, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here, we're going to be reminded of that truth. That the God who has done these great things is still doing great things and will continue to do great things, building His kingdom, transforming lives, bringing hope and life and freedom justice and mercy and love to a broken and hurting world filled with broken and hurting people. The power of the presence of God changing the world. So we're going to be looking at all kinds of different stories, different ways that God has revealed Himself. That's exciting. Anybody want some notes? We're looking at these different stories and different ways that God has revealed Himself. Different kinds of people that He has spoken to. Even different nations and rulers and peoples. And last week, we started with the journey of Moses. Setting up the foundation of our desire. In this journey where Moses talks with God and declares their need for God's presence. Exodus 33, the Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people From all the other people on the face of the earth. It's God's presence. And the Lord said, I will do the very thing you have asked. Because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. God, we need your presence. We need you to go with us. Don't send us anywhere unless you go with us. You are the thing that defines us, and we have nothing to offer to the world if we don't have you. We are not enough. We need your presence. We need the presence of God living in us because that is what the world needs too. So what does this presence look like? What is it that we are bringing into the world? What are we pointing to? What are we made for? And this morning we're going to look at two different stories, two pictures, two very different experiences of the presence of God to try to help us see a little more clearly the presence of God in our lives today. The thing He is trying to show us every moment. And we're going to look at this story in the book of Ezekiel. And we're going to look at a verse in the book of Genesis. And I think we're going to see something really exciting, or at least I hope you'll be as excited by this as I am anyways. But we're going to start with the story of Ezekiel, and it is an incredible story. It is one of the wildest experiences in all of Scripture, and we can gloss over these things and not catch it all when we're doing our quick chapter a day Bible reading or whatever, but we have to stop and take our time and process that these are real people describing real things. And Ezekiel's story is pretty overwhelming. Just to see where he's at, the powerful nation of Babylon has conquered the people of Israel here. They've carried off Israel's king and many of the people. They've installed a puppet ruler over the nation. And the nation of Israel is just defeated. Their land has been stolen. They are lost and oppressed. And Ezekiel is among those exiles stolen away. Wondering where their God is. Maybe he's not powerful enough if he allowed all of this to happen. And so Ezekiel is hanging out with the exiles down by the river. And it's any other day. How many days, weeks, months had they been stranded, held there? He's tired. The sun is hot. He's maybe even bored. Scared and confused. He's worried about what's happening, what's going to happen trying to find some shade and maybe some food. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's completely overcome. He's sitting there and he says, the heavens opened and I saw visions of God. And he proceeds to describe the most fantastical picture you can imagine. I looked... And I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. And he goes on to describe the incredible nature of these creatures and their different faces and their wings and all of these things. And then he goes on, as I looked at the living creatures... I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. The wheels sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be like a wheel intersecting a wheel. Their rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes all around. What is he trying to describe to us? Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked like a vault sparkling like crystal and awesome. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the pounding of an army. Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads and high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up he looked like glowing metal as if full of fire and that from there down he looked like fire. Brilliant light surrounded him like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. This was the experience of Ezekiel there sitting beside the river among all these people. Lost and defeated, he sees this powerful and profound picture of God. Fire and thunder, fantastic creatures and things beyond understanding. And the one upon the throne glowing in power and majesty. And over the next number of chapters, that experience goes forward as God speaks to him and prepares him for the task he is putting before him to bring his words to the people. And we sit here and read a story like that and it's wonderful it truly is it's it's inspiring and encouraging it's exciting and fantastical and in revelation chapter 4 we have A depiction of the throne room of God as well. And we read similar kinds of things. A rainbow like an emerald encircling the throne. And all these fantastic impossible creatures crying out in worship and falling at His feet. Images beyond understanding. Too much for us to bear. It's all incredibly dramatic. And truly wonderful. God is great. And His presence is is wonderful. And if that was truly what we saw, would we be changed? But is that what we're made for? Is that what we're supposed to know? When we're talking about experiencing the power of the presence of God, is that what it is? What it's all about? Because in the beginning, that's not what we knew. In the beginning, we knew God in a way nothing else in all creation did. God created Adam and Eve. He placed His very image inside of them. His very reflection born in them. In a way, nothing else he made new. He placed them in the garden of Eden where it says that he walked with them in the cool of the day. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? The presence of God walked with the man and the woman in peace. How incredibly different is that picture Than what Ezekiel saw. Or than what John saw in the book of Revelation. God was not crashing through the garden in fire and thunder. All falling prostrate before His glory as wheels within wheels. Covered with eyes. Herald His presence in holiness and wonder. They walked. And they talked. And even when they had sinned, he just said, where are you? It's so important for us to see these things as we're starting on this journey to explore and understand the power of the presence of God. Because the first picture is what we hunger for. Power and glory and thunder and lightning. It's terrifying and exciting. But we want that dramatic experience of the presence of God. We think somehow that that would inspire us. Then we would get it. Like Moses said after his conversation, Now show me your glory. But what Moses failed to understand in that moment, even when God was so gracious as to grant his request, was that he had already seen the glory of God in a way more profound than these angels and amazing heavenly creatures could ever know because he had talked with God face to face as one talks to a friend. power of the presence of god for us for humans is that somehow some way for some reason he created us to know him as a friend in a way nothing else in all creation gets to know the angels and seraphim and cherubim and all these other creatures are just Overcome with wonder every moment, constantly falling down before the throne, crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and will uh, and is to come. Always, always, forevermore, they never stop. They can't because the glory of God's presence is too much. But us, we, we were created for the garden. To walk with God in the cool of the day. To know relationship with God at a depth and peace that is beyond anything else in all creation. We are made in His image. To know Him and enjoy Him in worship And relationship and peace. And we know that because all of that is present in Jesus. Jesus didn't come in a vision of Ezekiel. He was born as a baby. And he didn't overwhelm everyone around him all the time with his glory and power. He was gentle and kind. His voice didn't shatter armies and crumble mountains. He spoke peace and drew people in. He wasn't terror and power. He took the very nature of a servant. And when he was on the cross, the armies of heaven could have come and saved him. The skies torn open and the glory of his father burning everything away. But he died. Bare and broken. For us. What are we looking for? What are we hungering for when we think about the presence of God? Are we always looking for the dramatic experience? And if we don't have it, then somehow we've missed something. The angels must be so confused by us. They have the very Spirit of God living in them. The Father has given them His own Spirit. How are they not falling on their faces constantly overwhelmed by Him. And it's okay, guys, because we don't really get it either. We don't understand what we are either. But it matters. Our experience of who God is, what He has created us to be and to know, matters. He desires relationship with us, not overwhelmed, prostrate genuflection. It's walking with our Father in the cool of the day as Adam and Eve knew. It's face to face as with a friend, as Moses knew. It's the still, small voice, the sound of silence, not the thunder and the windstorm like Elijah knew. And it's the warm, genuine presence of Jesus. As the people around him knew. The power of the presence of God isn't about the overwhelming, impossible experience. He calls us friends. And He knows you by name. Isn't that wild? Somehow that is all the more intimidating and exciting. If God would just bowl us over somehow, that would be easier, wouldn't it? But the relationship He's inviting you into is somehow all the more deep and profound for its peace and its gentleness. Jesus showed us what the presence of God looks like, and it is so dangerous because We have these pictures of who God is and what He can do, and at the very same time, it is the safest thing in the world because of what He has chosen to be with us when we trust His love and embrace His mercy and grace. God is inviting you into His presence, into your tent of meeting with Him to share His presence with you, to know Him, to experience Him. He has given you His Word and His Spirit and surrounded you with His body, that together we can know Him and be with Him and share Him, to find peace and healing and wholeness and fullness, forgiveness and grace and abundant life. And then he's inviting you to take that experience, that presence, and share it with others. That they can see and know him too. Not so that we can go and bowl people over with his awesome power and majesty, but they can find peace with their father too. Through us, with us, through his presence in us. It's not so we can go and perform miracles and break the fabric of reality and the glory and power of the creator of the universe. It's so that they can know him as a friend, as we do. Forgiven and set free to bear his image as he created them to do too. This is what Jesus is doing in us. We're going to be looking at lots of different stories. Some of them are very dramatic. Some of them are hard or even scary because we need to see and know that God is God, like Ezekiel saw too. But we can never lose sight of what He has created us to know, to experience with Him, that He has called us friends and He desires to talk to you, to sit with you, to hear your hurts and fears and dreams and to share His Spirit with you and slowly but surely your wants and dreams and hurts will be transformed by Him into His glory living in you. Are we hungering for experience or hungering for relationship? Do we need thunder Or do you desire to talk with God face-to-face as one talks with a friend? If we get lost and distracted looking for these dramatic experiences, we are going to miss what God has created for us and what He has created us for. And you don't want to miss it. Because it's amazing. It's everything. Are you longing for the presence of God? because he's here. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for these incredible stories. We thank you for the power of your spirit and that your people have chosen to record these things for us that we can see and know how you have moved. We thank you and we praise you, God. We recognize that you are this image in Ezekiel, power and thunder. You are eternal. You are all-powerful. You are all-present. You are all-knowing. There is nothing besides you, and God, we submit to you. We say that you are God in every way we can possibly understand. Father, you have created us in your image to reflect who you are, to enjoy relationship with you. And God, we worship you, and we desire to be with you as you have made a way. We desire to step into what you are inviting us into, what you have created us for. This depth of relationship and peace and friendship. Father, we are not worthy, we haven't earned it, but God, you have declared it and we trust that you are good. You have said that it is so and we want to step into these things with boldness and confidence by the power of your Spirit. Show us your presence, God. Teach us your ways. Give us your words that we can take that presence into the lives of the people around us, that they too can experience you as friend. God, you are good. Your love is everlasting. Your grace is abundant, and we trust you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.